Street Top Radio LA, man. We are broadcasting live in Baltimore, Maryland, man, via Los Angeles, California. Hey, I'm your host, Big Homie Smiles, man. You can follow me on Instagram. That's Big underscore Homie Smiles with a Z, man. That is my man on the background. Been ready. Like we've been ready to elevate, man. Been ready. Like we've been ready to see our time to shine, man. Been ready. Like we've been ready for generational wealth out here, man. Hey, we got an awesome show today. Um, the purpose of this episode is to shed light on the God in us. It is to create awareness about the powers within us given to us by God to create this world. We are no longer slaves. However, we still are enslaved in our mindsets, in our possessions, in our spirits. We as a black nation have to stop looking for a seat at their table and continue to create our own table and continue to build meals with your people so they can build tables with others. Our goal is to true freedom is through generational wealth and knowledge of self. This story I will be reading. What? I'm not done. Oh, disregard. That was just my manager, you guys. We had a final brief interruption. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it, baby. I love you. This story I will be reading. Uh, as a Southern white man in the early 90s, this is his short manifesto of how he feels he can create a white utopia. The plot twist to this story is that it was actually written by an 18-year-old student who attended Clark Atlanta in 1993. True story. Shout out to you for allowing me to read this wonderful story that I'm about to read. But before I get into that story, you know what I'm saying? I want to let the world know about how great we are and just read a couple inventions that we got I'm going to start with the computer chip and also I just want to give a shout out to my, my new background you know what I'm saying I had an upgrade in my living room just upgraded shout out to my uh, my builders and my constructors you know what I'm saying now the computer chip <laughs> now this invention is the computer chip um, the contributor is a black man uh, who goes by the name of Robinson Cortland. Uh, it dates back to the 1980s. His reference is used in Blacks in Science in Certima in 1983. Robinson developed an ex experimental procedure called accelerated life testing, which is a way of testing the durable life of a chip in just a few days. Next on the invention list, because we like that. Computer codes. That was invent that the contributor was Annie Easley is a black woman. The date was 1975. Reference black contributors DOE OPA 0035-1979. Miss Easley developed computer codes for various energy projects. Computer codes are monumental. Monumentally important in many industries. For example, another African American inventor, Clarence Harris, invented a system of aerodynamic computer codes for General Electric that saved the company $1.33 million. Can, you feel me? We, and they asked, Is America a racist country? No, no, it's not. But was it built on racism? Yes. Because did y'all know this? No. And to the day, what y'all talk about? 
All right, we're going to wrap it up with this last invention. And, and each and every episode, I want to let y'all know I'm talking about our greatness and I'll be reading inventions. It's a whole book dedicated to a thousand and one black inventions. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of inventions in the world we created. Shout out to this book. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the author, Pinpoints and Company Incorporated. So this last invention is the computer word processing. Most of y'all only know how to do word anyway. The contributor is Donald Jefferson, a black man, uh, 1960 to 1970, uh, reference patent number 3701972. Jefferson's innovations helped to push word processing computers out of the primitive age by increasing memory capacity and speed and decreasing costs. So those were just three inventions out of the thousand inventions that I will be reading throughout my podcast years, months, days. Yeah, figure deal me. Shout out to the black man and the black woman. We are gods, you know. So for my I want to thank everybody out there also in audio world. Thank everybody that is listening via YouTube, via um, Spotify, Apple, Google, Google Podcasts, Anchor. I want to thank all of y'all out there. It's, it's truly appreciated. I just want my black people to know and I want my black people to understand that, you know, we as a people are awesome. If we just have more empathy for one another and if we allow each other to help each other to build and use each other as stepping stools and not, you know, get that crab out of in a burrow mind state, mind state out of your mind, um, because crabs naturally do that. You know what I'm saying? They try and get out pulling each other out the barrel you know what i'm saying we we want to stop that myth because we stick together you know what i'm saying this is a, a show created by black people it was for black people you know what i'm saying of course uh, other people can you know what i'm saying partake in what's going on with us but you know this is a show for us by us you know what i'm saying created by a black man and a black woman this 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 segment on this Production, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my man Ben Ready, Townhouse Media Productions, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sports for You, shout out to No Rules Podcast, shout out to Dolomite, shout out to, um, it's another one, Cat Dog. That's a good one. I'll be checking them out, you know what I'm saying? We are, ain't that's the one, Cat Dog? That's not on this joint. Cat versus Dog. <laughs> oh, Cat versus Dog. <laughs> Are you fucking right. kidding Sorry me? Sorry about that. Cat versus dog. That joint is funny. Y'all just, you know what I'm saying? We are, we are a good, we are a nation of pride. We are a nation of inventions. And we no longer have to be accepted, you know what I'm saying, by them. It's all about us in this new century. We are going to continue to talk to our black kings and our, quack, and our black queens about elevation. <laughs> Our black kings and our black queens about elevation and about, you know, building and about stock markets and about financial literacy and, you know, stop, uh, you know, focusing on what the media portrays. Because, like, uh, you know, I don't mean to quote my man, but like Donald Trump be saying it's fake news. You know what I'm saying? That is what the media wants to put out there about us that, you know, we are deprived. You know what I'm saying? That. 
we are lazy, you know, we are, we are criminals, we are women, you know what I'm saying, just make babies and don't take care of them, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's what the white man believes, you know what I'm saying, and the story that I'm going to be reading, you know what I'm saying, shortly, is going to, you know what I'm saying, put y'all in a mind state to where y'all know that this ain't us, but this is what they think of us, so when they say, they ask our vice president, of the United States of America is this country a racist country? And she says, no. It's not a racist country. But we have to talk about the racism. That means we are brainwashed. We brainwashed. You know what I'm saying? A cure, a, a Asada Shakur, Tupac's mom, God rest her soul, she said that if you continue to ignore oppression, you then become conditioned to it. You know what I'm saying? We as a black culture, as a black nation, as a black community have conditioned to be oppressed. We've been conditioned to accept the littlest. A, a lot of us have awoken but not most of us. You know what I'm saying? We have we have conditioned ourselves to accept when white people say, I'm not racist. I got three black friends and my son's uh, mother of her child is black. Are you fucking kidding me? Exactly. We have been conditioned to accept the vice president of this United States of America. Allowing her to Continue the oppression by saying this country isn't a racist country. It's not a racist country because they brush, they they sugarcoat a lot of what the reality of it is, and it's racism. It's like trying to uh, paint somebody a different color. They showing you red flags, but you trying to put green on them. Like, oh yeah, this a go. They've been showing you red flags. You know what I'm saying? That's that's basically what America been doing. They've been, you know, they've been tricking us, man. We got to wake up. We got to see the bigger picture. And it's not them, actually. It's us. We tricking ourselves. You know what I'm saying? We crashing ourselves. People complain about the rap music and, you know, complaining about, you know, the different things that's going on in these neighborhoods. We got to wake up as adults. You know what I'm saying? I'm in, I'm in going on in my late 30s, you know what I mean? I know I look good because that black don't crack. That's how God made us. Chris. Queen. You feel me? But you know what I'm saying? As as the older, as in my generation, because I'm a part of my older generation, so in my generation is our job for us to enlighten and restore hope. Not hope, but restore reality because hope is for the birds. It's just to restore reality and to restore uh, we are independent and entrepreneurs and we can create our own utopia and our own world and you know what I'm saying I hate to say it but we kind of messed up when I ain't gonna get too much into it when we you know that's for another episode but we gonna get into this joint. We gonna get into this joint. So, mind you, for my listeners out there, that for those of you who just tuned in, this is gonna be. I'm gonna be reading this story. This is my my southern white 
white man's voice and my take of it. You know what I'm saying? Him traveling up north and, you know what I'm saying, to the, in the 90s, in the in early 90s. The title of this story is called uh, A Glass of Dirty Water, okay? And see. If I offer you a glass of water that was dark, cloudy, filled with green mildew, slime, and other particles that you could not recognize, would you drink it? I mean, if you were dying of thirst and did not have a choice, would you? My white brethren, what if I also offer you a glass of crisp, fresh spring water that was so pure you could see right through it. Now you have a choice to choose. Which glass of water would you want to drink? Most likely everyone here in the room would choose the pure water over the dark cloudy water. That is what I offer you. A glass of cool, refreshing, ice-cold, clear water. It is your choice. An utopian world where everything is pure, white, and not contaminated with blackness. A world filled with sunshine and not dark shades of clouds haunting you at your every step. Your children will be able to go outside and play in the fresh air and roll in the grass with their faces filled with laughter <laughs> instead of tears. Yes, no more pollution, no more trash on the streets, no more ghettos, projects, drugs, prostitutions, and crime. It would be safer to leave your house at night if there was no more blackness. Yes, this is what I offer you, my white brethren. I offer you a crisp, clean, and safer society. But before we drink this pure water, we have to filter out all the filth that is destroying its purity. Then, and only then, can we enjoy this glass of water that used to be pure. Niggers destroyed the purity in the glass of water the day we gave them rights. They do not deserve rights. We gave them rights and their children did not know what to do with them. More than half of the niggers do not vote. Face it, they are lazy. Niggas want jobs to be handed down to them. They want handouts. Then good, hard-working white people like you and I, brethren, miss out on jobs because of the quota given to us by our government. And we must follow. Let me tell you how stupid our niggas are. Niggas are afraid to invest in their property. But we'll kill each other over our property. 
Niggas do not live for tomorrow. They live for today. And will not risk on things that will help them in the long run. However, they will risk on their lives each day in the streets. Go to the heathen's neighborhood and watch how they live. It's filled with disgust. Garbage, drunks, crackheads, prostitution, drug dealers, and gangbangers roam the streets like savages. The purity of the air is being destroyed by them. They are the glass of dirty water that no one wants to drink. In order to get that clear, crisp water filled with purity, we have to filter out the waste. My people, my brethren, I see you looking at me differently. Let me tell you. The filtering has already begun without the help from us. Yes, they are destroying one another. At this very moment, all I ask for you, all I ask from you is to join me. Watch and stop giving. Stop giving handouts, quotas, rights, social services, and rehabilitations to people who are just leeches, whose main purpose in life is destruction. Brethren, then we will accomplish a world filled with peace and whiteness. It is so easy. They are killing their sisters, their brothers, their mothers, their fathers, and they do not succeed. And if they do not succeed in killing one another, they are likely to be locked up from trying to. Yes, the filtering has begun without our help. In the ghetto, the projects are filled and is piled up on top of filth. And filth is piled up on top of filth. They are doing a spring cleaning for us. I heard one time as I was tuning my radio to find some bluegrass. I came across a black man who was on the radio doing what these niggers call rap. And they say they never hesitate to put a nigger on his back right a tat tat. They are so pitiful. They are leading us to our utopian world. Sit back and just watch my people. Brethren, just watch. Mothers are having nervous breakdowns because their children are getting caught in the crossfire. Pop, pop. There falls another nigga as we speak. The water is getting clearer by the minute. Little nigger boys are growing up to think it is cool to shoot another little nigger boy. Babies are born to crack. Those babies are the nigger's future. And we got them in modern day slavery. Yes, my people, we do not need chains, whips, and overseers to control them like we used to. We've got guns, crack, and cops doing the jobs for us.
Crack is what hypnotized the niggas to do the filtration. We give them those guns to start filtering out that glass of dirty water. Cops are our last resort. If all fails, they remove the germs and the mildew in the water and keep it locked away and sealed from the air in a little teeny box, caged. We call jails. This is the only way to regain the clean, crisp, refreshing, pure water. White brethren, wake up and sing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was that was a powerful man. That was a that was a story actually written by an 18-year-old student who attended Clark Atlanta in 1993. And I appreciate her uh who wants to remain uh remain anonymous. I appreciate uh her for allowing us to share that powerful story, man. In 1993, she made that story. How powerful is that for that story to be relevant now in 2021? A glass of dirty water. We gonna we gonna. I want I want to sit and like you know kind of like analyze this because this is kind of deep, and for her mind to be on that that type of tip, you know what I'm saying? Back in the nineties, which is understandable. Cause now that I think about it, I'm tripping. That's during the black, the black Panthers was heavy and this was up North. So, uh, you know, maybe, you know, she was, you know, from down South or maybe, you know, maybe from in the Southern California area, maybe that's where she was from. You know what I'm saying? So, cause the black Panthers was heavy and it was a lot of feminists back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So this, this, my take on this sound like, you know, is probably from, you know, she was probably like, you know, really on her power to the people. We got to change. We shall overcome it. The only way she felt like she could get through to the masses was through, uh, uh, um, what you call these stories? You call them, um, not parodies, but, uh, Sapphire, uh, Ben, help me out. Satire. It's called satire. Yeah, you know, I gotta do a look. I gotta read some more myself. Satire. Uh, can you tap the microphone. Oh. Testing. Do I need to turn my mic up? Tap it one more time. All right. Should I come closer? The closer I get to you. I was just making sure it was on. Excited for a road trip? Started off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I, oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was that microphone or the, or the computer, but proceed. All righty, thank you, sir. Shout out to Ben Ready. You know what I'm saying? Ben Ready, like he been ready to keep me ready while I'm on air. Yeah, feel me. And shout out to my living room in the back. That joke is lit. Now, yeah, though. So 
You know, it sounds like, you know, she was in the 90s, you know, on her power to the people, Angela Davis, you know what I'm saying, type of feeling and vibe. That's what I was getting when I was reading the story. Um, a glass of dirty water. That says it all. You know what I'm saying? White people in in this country consider black people dirty water. Let's let's be real. They feel like, you know, have y'all seen that movie, Them? Because when I was reading this story in my southern white man accent and as I read it before I came on the episode, I, it kind of made me like think of the movie Them. You know what I'm saying? For those of you who are not familiar with Them, that is... Uh, uh, directed by Jordan Peele, a, a black man, shout out to him, who made the movie Us. And so them, I feel like, is a flip version of that. And them is basically about these black couple moving from down south into Compton, which is kind of true because I believe if I, my his, history is right and I have a person from California that is the man with the plan so correct me if I'm wrong Compton was an all white area at one point and black in this black cup um you know couple moved into Compton and you know the white people you know how white people feel like when black people move into the area mm-hmm. was you know how when black people move into the area that you know they feel like the value start depreciating and you know what I'm saying they start losing value and their property so in this movie this was the case but it was more amplified so when the black people moved in the white the white women you know would post up outside the black people house playing this wild crazy white people music you know what I'm saying they would like harass them, call them niggers, you know what I'm saying? Hang stuff outside they they house, you know what I'm saying? Threaten them. They even we couldn't really me and my my uh my woman we couldn't even get too much through it because that joint is y'all like a scary movie. It's a thriller, but that joint is so real, it's scary. And white people are kind of scary back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Not all white people are bad. So I don't want people listening to this podcast think I'm white people bashing. But most of y'all fucked up. You know what I'm saying? We just got to be clear about that. But um, the beginning part of this uh, story says, I offer you a glass of water that was dark, cloudy, and filled with green mildew, slime, and particles that you could not recognize. I like how she even described the contaminated water. Cause who wants to drink something with slime, green and mildew in it? I ain't trying to drink that. And then they, the, um, she gives a, a, a cleaner glass of water, crisp, but how she describes it using her, um, dang, I need to go back to school using her, um, diction. It's another word for it. I'm trying to get <laughs> Hey boy, I gotta go back to school. Okay, but she's using very good words to describe a glass of water. Vocabulary? No, it's another word for it. Vernacular? Um, when you vernacular, maybe it's deep vernacular. We're gonna go with that one. Vernacular. Okay, she's her vernacular you- and how she <laughs> her vernacular and how she described. The water, you know what I'm saying? Giving it as opposed to the slimy mildew. On the other hand, I'm going to offer you a glass of crisp, fresh spring water that was so pure you could see right through it. Automatically in my head when I read that, I was thinking about that time I went to Jamaica and went to this waterfall. And it was the spring waterfall. And it was so pure 
literally I could see my face in it. I could see my hands in it. That's the type of water I want to drink. So when she was describing how white people are, you know, comparing themselves to black people, automatically I got what she was trying to do, you know what I'm saying, with the wordplay, you know what I'm saying, how white people think they so pure, white is right, and you know what I'm saying, like they skin is is the best skin when really they be trying to tan to get like us, you know what I'm saying, always in a fucking tanning booth. I'm sorry. I'm getting triggered. The story kind of triggered me too. Always in a tanning booth, you know what I'm saying. Infiltrating our communities, vulturing our lingo, our style. And not, you know what I'm saying, paying homage for real. But, you know what I'm saying, so I, I immediately knew what she was trying to do with that. I like that. Then she goes into, I like what she did with this right here. She gave you a choice, right? Then she says, and utopian world where everything is pure, white, and not contaminated with blackness. So for people that maybe was misunderstood with what she mean by the dirty water and maybe got lost in the lingo and the uh, metaphors that she was using to communicate white versus black, she explains it again, using the same lingo, the pure, the whiteness, but and the contaminated, but then she adds the blackness to the end so y'all can know, hey, the glass of dirty water is the black people. You know what I'm saying? But not and she's in this story when she was writing it's not insulting us but for us to understand you know what i'm saying this is really the mind state of the white man and a white woman and we have to recognize that we are great and we are powerful and what they have their mindset and how they feel like they can continue to oppress us is not law and it's no longer going to happen because we retaking, we reclaiming. What uh, Maxine Waters say, I'm reclaiming my time, honey. We reclaiming our time in the name. You know what I'm saying? Boy, I'm going to start going passing that offering plate around. Past. Go to church on y'all right quick. Now, she, you know what I'm saying? That's what she said, contaminating them with the blackness, right? And then... I like how she, when she explained what, you know, what she was referring to at the top of her story, I like how she got into, you know what I'm saying, describing a neighborhood. Remember I told you about the the movie Them and how Them was, they felt like they had a wonderful neighborhood. The kids was outside in the movie playing in the grass, rolling in the grass, laughing, filled with joy. And as soon as the black people pulled up, all the laughter stopped. Nobody. Nobody was laughing. All the joy went away. And the lady's house started peeling in the movie. You know what I'm saying? It's like instant deterioration and devalue just started happening. You know what I'm saying? And what they don't realize is the, the biggest cap of that of that that I got out of that that's the mentality of them was that back in the day, which is still probably going around now, is that mortgages did a lot of defrauding. So they'll get property or houses for a low interest rate, right? And then they'll charge the black people twenty percent. Uh, and they charge the white people 6%, right? With, with the cost of the, with the bank got it for. But the black people got 20% interest rate. And what they what they was banking on, especially the relatives, I mean, the bank people and the lenders was betting on, the black people not being able to afford such a high interest and they get the house, right? They snatch their house and then resell it 
even for more than what they they got it for, for for the black person more than what the black person bought it for. They sell it even more to the white person. They so they finesse their heads. And but also black people uh brought up the value. So technically they never decreased the value. They only raised the value because when black people started migrating from down south, they came in droves and black people used to like to be in the section together. So when one black person buying a house, cousins and them coming, everybody getting the house. So that's how it was. And the black and the banks back then saw that um as a way to uh, continue to marginalize black people and continue to keep us held back and hold us down by, you know, creating a scheme uh, like a Ponzi scheme for black people not to become owners. You know what I'm saying? So that that's what I got mostly out of that movie too. That Jordan Bill is Jordan Peele is smart. I, I really like how his mind thinks because that's really you know what I'm saying. The white people, boy, they was upset. Boy, white man, black dude, and you know the kicker of that movie too was that the black dude was an engineer, and he was the only black engineer. You know what I'm saying? Going to this uh, this uh, job, I think he was working for like the Pentagon. They was doing contracts or something like that. But it also showed the dynamics of the black man and black woman in that era of you know desegregation and how. You know, it was still a struggle with not only with the white people, but within the household, you know what I'm saying? With empathy and, you know, uh, power situation, power struggles that, you know, that we face is I think is like kind of mutate into the genetics of the black man and woman, you know what I'm saying? With the family dynamics and, you know what I'm saying? So it was real deep, but back to the story. Um, so I really, I really, I really liked how she, you know what I'm saying? put that together with the laughter and the footsteps and then she fast forwarded to the tears and then it got real gloomy because she got into it she started reading she started god was talking to her she started writing so then she say yes no more pollution no more trash on the streets no more ghettos projects drugs prostitutions and crimes Ooh, excuse me. He getting into it. Now, if she now this story was as if the white man was in a room having a meeting, just like in that movie, them, you know what I'm saying? How they had the little meeting about the black people. This is just it. So the white man was reading his short manifesto to the room of white people about you know what I'm saying? Giving them options of a better life. What you think is a better life? Laughter, high, your kids, high-hying, and you being able to water your grass and leave your door open? Or would you rather have pollution, crackheads, prostitution, crime, projects, ghettos? You know that stir. You know that was stirring the white people up in that meeting that he was saying this stuff to. You know that was stirring them up. Then she got to. Then she uh she fast forward the joint. I like how she did this because she 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 included she modernized it but still kept it. You know what I'm saying? Like like she did with the with the story with the with the satire. 
she added the rap song, the rap lyric. I don't know who caught that because y'all got to be like maybe in, y'all have to be born in like the 70s, eight, like the late 70s, mid, mid 70s, like late early 80s. Cause the net, cause she she included a rap line. Ben, did you catch the rap line? Yes. Do you know who it's from? Come on now, are you kidding me? Who it's from? Snoop. Snoop. Yeah, drop the bombs, drop the bombs. You see how she added that joint in there? She added the little Snoop line. You know what I'm saying? She added a little snoop, a snoop line in the satire. You know what I'm saying? That was dope. I like how she did that. You know what I'm saying? Let me, for those of my young people, my young people, you know what I'm saying? I'm hip, so you know what I'm saying? I'm included in young people. You know what I'm saying? So my young people born in the late 80s, you know what I'm saying? In the 90s, in the 2000s. Oh, God, y'all definitely don't know what I'm talking about. So let me, I'm going to read, the, I'm gonna read the, the, the line that she she said. They say they, in the line she put in there, never hesitate to put a nigga on his back, rat a tat tat. Look how she got she crisp, she crisp in that joint. And then it says they are so pitiful. Then she go back, she flipped it back. You know what I'm saying? And she added more um, dramatic effect to the story. Then she added. Then she she make it new again. She say pop pop. What a white man know about saying pop pop. <laughs> so she added, I like how she, you know what I'm saying, kept it, kept it her her generation and still brought it, you know what I'm saying, to the satire that we needed to hear. And then I like how she emphasized little nigga boys shooting other little nigga boys thinking it's cool. Cause fool's still doing that now. We gotta get out, you know what I'm saying? When I read this, I was like, damn, we gotta as a people, we gotta stop saying nigga. <laughs> You got to eliminate from that from the vocabulary. It's going to be hard. It's tough. But you know what I'm saying? They Because our gods, our young black gods out here still doing that now. You know what I'm saying? They think it's cool. Somebody diss them on a, on a record. You know what I'm saying? Somebody say something bad about them on a, on a record or on the internet. They tweet something wrong. You know what I'm saying? They troll them the wrong way. They troll them in general or... You know what I'm saying? They somebody step on, not even step on the shoot now in this generation is sleeping with a, a, a they mother, they child, or something dealing with a girl. They ready to smoke each other. You know what I'm saying? So this story ain't too far apart of what's happening right now. You know what I'm saying? We still got crack. We still got, I'm trying, you know what I'm saying, not say gang bangers, but you know what I'm saying? We still got, you know, people who are not with the right mindset when they in the the mem- the brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? So we still got, you know, prostitution. We still got, you know, drug dealing, you know what I'm saying? So ain't, ain't too much changed since 1993, you know what I'm saying? So we got to really take, this is an actual story written in 19, this is not a true story, but this is a satire, but you know what I'm saying? So, we really, you know what I'm saying, people, we got we to gotta do better. But I like how she threw that in there. Then she left it off with, cops are our last resort. Come on, man. Come on. This in the 90s when, when cops was blaming. 
at a probably at a more higher rate. You know what I'm saying? So this was this back in the day. I'm thinking this back in Kylie. The way this sounding Snoop, Snoop Dogg. So she probably she I I ain't never asked her where she from. So she probably from California. It's giving me Cali vibes. So pop pop. That's a, that's Cali shit. You know what I'm saying? They're quick to pop pop a nigga real quick. Oop. I'm sorry. I'm trying to change that lingo. But yeah, I like I like how she I like how she um added more uh dramatic effect to the the story and how she was trying to portray it. And she put cops are our last resort if all else fails. Look what they're doing right now. Now, if all else fails, what are the cops doing right now in 2021? Smoking us. All else is failing. Jail's not working for real. They overcrowded, overpopulated. They got to buy more land in West Missouri, Idaho. You know what I'm saying? Where nobody lives and build more jails for us. This is the, the last resort is the police. That's how they remove the, what she say? That's how they remove the germs and mildews in the water and keep it locked away and sealed from the air in little teeny box cage they call jails. That's how white people feel like they can continue to filter us out of the society, of the culture, of the community, creating more jails. And we are helping them put them there by falling into the traps. As black men and women, you know what I'm saying? We got to change our mindset. I know some people, oh, that's square. You know what I'm saying? She don't know what she talk about. She ain't from the hood. Come on. Ain't even about that, man. You glorifying being from the projects. You know what the projects is? A project. White people doing projects on black people, piling them on top of each other. What what she say in that joint? She go to the heathens neighborhood. You'll see filth on top of filth. When white people go to the projects, that's what they think. Filth. You got people wanting to be section eight babies. I'm a section eight baby from the chits, bitch. I'm from the projects. I'm from the ghettos. That's the mindset that we have been oppressed to uh, to glorify. Not that we're inventors. It's a thousand of us. Plus, this is this is not even a, this is the back in the day, people. We got to add a couple more, another century of inventors. I got a man right now that my engineer, the owner of Townhouse Media, an inventor. Up to on a shirt. You feel me? We just like been saying to here in the DMV area, but I'm talking about on a shirt, on a shirt, shirt wise, put that to, he invented to put the to on it, mama. We, we, we got, we inventors, you know what I'm saying? We don't glorify, you know what I'm saying? Your homie graduating from high school. We don't glorify, you know what I'm saying, your man getting out of prison and turning his life around and, and not wanting to be a part of the chaos of the projects. We don't glorify him starting his own business. We don't shout him out. We don't give him no props. We don't go visit him at his at his store without causing chaos. We don't, my black men don't got suits in the closet. 
you know what I'm saying, to have just on occasion, just to wear out, because that's they thinking that that shit is whack. Nipsey Hustle, long live neighborhood nip. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my my brotherhoods over there on Crenshaw, all my, you know what I'm saying, my people out there. You know what I'm saying? Nipsey gave y'all the blueprint. For those who are in that lifestyle, for those of you who are dedicated to the streets, he built his community and he put his people in the community in position to continue to build for their people. I'm, I'm, I was living in LA because I'm mobile now, you know what I'm saying? I'm traveling. I was living in South Central. I seen it over there on, in Crenshaw. I seen how he magnified a neighbor, a section of a neighborhood because it's not just him. It's other people, you know what I'm saying, who have played a role in sustaining a black community and black entrepreneurship. But I'm just saying Nipsey because he is somebody on the forefront of the of the face that we need. Eating at our own table. Remember, I, I said that in the, in the beginning of the, of, the, of the episode, the purpose of this episode is for us to create our own table. And to create meals with our own people and so that they know how and teach them how to build these meals so they can take those meals to their people and teach them. And we continue that shit. Generational wealth. That's what they got. They stole all our inventions. They ain't teaching this in the history books. I bet you at these white schools, though. But that's okay because we don't need them to teach them. We going to teach our own our own stuff. We're going we gonna to learn our own people and we're going to continue to learn our own people. You know what I'm saying? I just want to thank again, you know, uh, my friend, you know what I'm saying? Out there, I appreciate you for uh, allowing me to read this story and for sending me the story to, you know, read on my podcast. I appreciate you. Um, and, you know, maybe uh, down the line because uh, she's shy. She don't want to be on camera. So maybe down the line, you know, you'll be a, a guest and, you know, give your take on what made you write the story. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so we're going we gonna to wrap it up. I appreciate um, everybody tuning in on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listening to my lovely voice at, man. I appreciate y'all. Hey, um, I want to shout out to Lundy Dior, man. Shout out to her mother, Kia. Long live Lundy. We just had Lundy Day, uh, May 15th, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's a legend in D.C., a young artist whose life was cut short, um, but God had a bigger plan. So we still going to keep her her light shining every May 15th. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I'll never go a podcast without saying hi and i love you to my beautiful woman who is sitting right here in front of me looking gorgeous you're amazing i thank you each and every day for you know helping me uh you know it's always free my guy simba man free that man till he free you feel me to go to moco you know what i'm saying we got sports for you coming up next and no rules podcast uh you feel me Hey, if y'all out there and y'all following Instagram or y'all got an Instagram, make sure y'all follow our business page. It's Treetop Radio underscore LA. Um, if we, we are definitely looking for artists, entrepreneurs, speakers, anybody with a purpose to come on our show, you know what I'm saying, and give us some time. And we will be giving out cash prizes, man. All you got to do is like, share, comment. And sometime next month, I will be giving out $50 to the person who shared, liked, and commented on my podcast. 
all of them the most you know what i'm saying so you know there's a little I, I ain't rich you know what i'm saying but i upgraded my living room i could do a little something you feel me hey um my insta my instagram my real instagram is big underscore homie smiles with a z and my cash app is um dollar sign treetop radio 87 hey ben what's your instagram and your um cash app instagram at the real ben ready uh cash app is um what is it uh ultimate apparel that's a l l t u h m e n t apparel hey Shout out to Capitol Heights too, 41, Long Live Dino, De Niro, Long Live too, man. Shout out to CGE, man, Big 41, Big 520, shit, you heard me. Big Walker Mill, C Pleasant, shit. Shout out to KD, you know what I'm saying? Hey, been ready, we out this bitch! Made a first draft, I'm a rookie, 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 I'm a r